0: Welcome to the Wilson and Liling Podcast. Today, Dr. Wilson will be sharing the Word of God. Let's all get ready to receive. Hi, welcome again to our Leadership Podcast, which is part of our WilsonLightling.com Ministry Equipping website. Today, I want to talk about the inspirational leader's vision. Why is this vision so important? Well, you see, a leader without vision is really a leader without aim. He's like a ship without a rudder. missile without a target. So without vision, the leader will be dead in the water, stuck. You see, there will be no energy, no uh, incentive to move on against the great obstacles that will stand in your way. And so without a personal vision, we are not clear on where we are headed because we do not really know where we want to go. Because of that, there is little motivation and determination to get a move on. There is little inspiration as well for others to follow you. So leaders, we could borrow vision from others for a while. But sooner or later, it will not be enough. You need your own vision. And so even if that vision is that of the larger group that you are part of, The vision of the group has to become your own. So great leaders, they have great vision. If you are to be a leader of significance, the question is how significant is your vision? Think about that. My vision is that Hope International Ministries, which uh, uh, I currently lead as president, It's a church planting movement, and my vision is that it will have a global impact, that it will transform lives everywhere by winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. And one day, we hope that we will see at least 100,000 Christ-centered disciples. So what does a godly, inspirational vision look like? Well, a vision really should be a clear, a mental image of a preferred future that has been inspired by God. It needs to be a, a clear mental image of how things should be in the future. It must not be fuzzy. It, it is a preferred future, a desirable future. It needs to be seated by God into our hearts. Vision concentrates on the future. It's not about having more of the past or maintaining the status quo. It is about creating a better tomorrow in which the purposes of God are, are brought to pass through God's empowerment and guidance. You see, when we see the vision the Israelites had received from God of the Promised Land, it contains all those ingredients the Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 20, in verse 24. says but that's where god said but i said to you you will possess their land i will give it to you as an inheritance a land flowing with milk and honey i am the lord your god who has set you apart from the nations let me share with you some key components of such a vision firstly it needs to be compelling you see A godly and a compelling vision will imagine a noble and a desirable future. It promotes a worthy goal that inspires sacrificial investments. It draws a strong interest, admiration, and evokes convictions for it. One that is faith-inspiring and and aligns us with God's purposes. We see the story of Nehemiah in Nehemiah in chapter 2. In verse 17 and 18, is recorded for us, Then I said to them, You see the trouble that we are in, Jerusalem. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in this grace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me, and what the king has said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. So right here we see a compelling vision it lifts, it motivates people into action. The more compelling the vision, the greater the willingness to pay the cost. Just imagine that. Another aspect, the second aspect, it needs to be credible. In other words, uh, it, besides being compelling, It it needs to have conveyed such a thing that people will seriously believe it is attainable. Think about this. Can you present a viable strategy to achieve it? Is there adequate resources to bring it about? Can you show that God is behind it? Can people see the fingerprint of God all over it? Nehemiah, what did he do? Nehemiah shared with the Jews in Jerusalem how he miraculously received God's uh, intervention such that he received the king's approval for the rebuilding project. That gave it credibility in the eyes of the people. Now the third ingredient that we need is that it needs to be courageous. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12 in verse 1 and in verse 4, it says the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him, and the Lord went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So vision, it needs to appeal to the noblest side of us. It must not be ordinary or mundane. It it needs to inspire faith in the hearers. It demands courage from those who listen to it. It inspires its hearers to do great exploits that together we can achieve something greater. And so it needs to have something that stirs the courage of the people. And lastly, the fourth C I'll mention is that it needs to be communicable What do I mean? Well, an inspiring vision is one that is easily communicated to others. It's easily understood for people to catch and to follow. It is best communicated in graphic language, in picture forms. It's coherent, it's memorable and easily repeated. We saw how God spoke of the land that is promised, flowing with milk and honey. What a graphic. Tasty, desirable image. And easy to remember for the people. Vision needs to have at least these four critical components. Let me now talk about the power of vision. You see, vision has tremendous power to impact the, he- the leader and his followers. Think about this. Well, the first thing that vision can truly do is that vision motivates. When we look at Acts chapter 20, and verse 24, Paul was saying this, he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So here we see Paul's Damascus experience of the resurrected Christ and the very command he received to preach the gospel to the Gentiles everywhere became the motivating vision in his life. This vision, it stirred him in a tremendous way to finish and to complete the task that God had given him. He was willing to forsake all things in order that he might fulfill the goal set before him. So vision, it provides a powerful, intrinsic motivation to the leader. That is why the leader must have vision. If we are to lead a group, A church, a ministry, we must have a vision for where we want to go. Church leaders must have a vision for their church. A vision to see the members grow, to be strong and biblical people from which church planters will come forth one day. A vision to see the church grow and even multiply so that we may extend the kingdom of God. A vision to see life's touch, that they may be healed, People may be made whole by the power of God. Such godly vision will motivate the leader to invest his life to bring that vision to pass. It must also motivate the leader in order that he might impart his vision to others. The vision to see the fulfillment of the Great Commission has greatly motivated me. The vision to see this world filled with Christ-centered believers and vibrant biblical churches really has really captured my heart. See, I- I'm tired of seeing weak and ineffective Christians. I'm tired of seeing weak and ineffective churches who have been just trampled underfoot by the enemy. I desire to see a glorious and a victorious church that the scriptures speak of and which I know will be fulfilled one day. I want to be part of that kind of a church. So I long to see churches that will truly be salt and light in their communities because they're living out God's word in their daily lives. Churches that will bring the lost, the wounded, and make them whole in God once again. Churches that will not be inward-looking but great commission-minded. Sending churches that will send missionaries and plant churches all over the world. That is how vision can motivate us. Vision also can crystallize direction for us. See in Exodus chapter one verse seventeen, God said, "And I will, and I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites—a land flowing with milk and honey." So what was God doing? God was giving Moses directions on where he was to lead the Israelites to. You see, leaders who have received vision from God, they know where to lead the people. The, the world today is suffering from leaders who lack vision. Political leaders who just conduct polls to form their policies because they want to please the majority. Christian leaders who uh, should not set directions just so that they may please their congregation. But we need to do what is right in God's eyes then we should motivate the people, the majority, to follow the vision that God has formed in our hearts. Think about that. And so a clear vision, clearly communicated, it will lead to a clear direction before God. Church leaders, we must have a clear vision for the church or for our area of ministry. Then clear directions may be given that will inspire others. Another key is this, vision sustains. Difficult times will always come by. And in those moments, it is easy for the knees to weaken and doubts to enter. You see, a strong vision will enable us to focus on the goal ahead. Despite the agony of the troubles, people with vision are the key to sustain and to hold the people together in such times. Leaders help to determine the morale of the people. When the people see the leaders move on, they will move with them. As soon as the leaders show signs of defeat and unwillingness to press on, the people will dissipate. That is why church leaders must not weaken in difficult times or lose their focus. Instead, we should be reminded of the vision that God has placed in our hearts and be encouraged in the Lord. When we first started the church, we had a number of challenging situations. Uh, At the time, it, it felt like all our hard work may be simply sucked down the drain. However, we were determined not to be discouraged. Instead, we were reminded again and again about the vision of a large, vibrant church that will be strong and biblical, something that God placed in our hearts. The vision kept our focus on God and on the task ahead. All these years it has encouraged our hearts and it will continue to do so until the day we leave this earth. And the next thing is this, vision helps us overcome obstacles. You see, Paul was able to declare in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Vision not only sustains us through the troubles, but helps us overcome the obstacles too. We will climb over those obstacles or or crawl under it. We will break through it or go around it. Nothing will prevent us from reaching the goal that God has set us. So whether it's leading our groups, we will always face obstacles. No obstacle is large enough to stop us from achieving God's plan for the group. We need to realize this. Thomas Edison's laboratory was burnt down by a fire hundreds of inventions and valuable equipment was destroyed. When his son rushed to the site and saw the burnt shell of the laboratory, he was, he was tremendously concerned about how his dad would cope with the disaster. And he, and he found his dad, slowly picking up pieces of equipment amongst the smoking and the charred remains. And, and when Thomas saw his son, he, he exclaimed, We must start rebuilding a bigger and a better lab. We must get new equipment. You see, Thomas Edison, he was not undaunted by the disaster. He chose to look at the future and overcome the present obstacles. Vision helps us overcome obstacles. The next aspect is that vision also unites. When a vision is great enough, It will attract people of different personalities, working styles, backgrounds to work together because of the possibility of great achievement. Great vision will inspire diverse people to overcome their differences to work together. A wise leader leverages upon a great vision to enable this to come to pass. Let me now talk about some of the qualities of leaders who drive the vision. Well, you know, it's one thing to have vision, it is another to feel it. As we seek to be leaders of influence, we must seek to be those with the necessary qualities to drive the vision God has given us forward. So what are some of these qualities? Well, firstly, we need to value the vision. You see, understanding the value of a God-given vision is the starting point towards fulfilling it until and unless we see the immense value of the God-given vision, we will not have the necessary convictions to pay the price to accomplish it. Hence, it is inadequate to desire to fulfill God's vision in itself, whether to fulfill the church vision or even our leaders' vision, unless we truly appreciate the value of the vision itself. So unless we realize the vision is worth far more than our lives we would not be willing to invest our lives in it in the parable of the pearl that jesus gave us the merchant understood the great value of the pearl and therefore he was more than willing to sell everything he owned for it so the question is how valuable is your vision Ralph D. winter founder of the u.s center for mission he stressed the important of establishing church planting movements. Movements that will keep reproducing and multiplying new churches because it's the best strategy to fulfilling the Great Commission. And this is exactly what our movement is about. However, for this to continue until Jesus returns, it is just as important that we build strong and biblical people by discipling them one by one. And it is such people is through such people that we will have those strong biblical churches that can reproduce itself. And it's through such means that, that we can begin to plant churches all over the world. That will continue to multiply itself. Another aspect, another quality is wholehearted commitment. You see, wholehearted commitment is needed. It's needed to fulfill the vision that God has given to us. Scriptures provide us many scriptural examples of men who were totally committed to the God-given vision. Noah built the ark despite all the persecution and the ridicule. Caleb, he was wholehearted in entering and conquering the promised land. Even though he had to wait, he was delayed for 45 years. Can we keep the vision burning in our hearts until it comes to pass despite any challenges? This is only possible when our commitment to the vision is wholehearted. Wholehearted commitment is required to grow our people and groups. Commitment is also contagious. People will catch what has caught us. People will follow leaders who have the commitment and the convictions. Another quality is leaders who are willing to develop and seize the opportunities. People with vision are not idle and laid back, waiting for God to fulfill the vision. Instead, they seek for every opportunity to advance it with God. When God gives His vision to us, He expects us to do all that we can to fulfill it. Are we seizing every opportunity to fulfill God's vision? Think about that. Are we seizing every opportunity to grow, multiply our groups, our ministry? Another quality is this, in his excellence. Those who aim for mediocrity will not accomplish God's vision. Rather, it requires them to have this attitude of excellence. You see, Joseph, Joseph was such a man who did excellently in everything he was given responsibility for. The Bible says, Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 and 3, The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. He lived in the house of an Egyptian master. And when his master saw that his Lord, the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did. You see, there was an attitude of excellence. And this will be stretched by our vision to be better, that we may become even more effective. Such leaders will grow and develop to be better leaders. Another quality is that such leaders are willing to overcome problems. You see, vision will be tested, tested by problems and adversity. It will generally bring us into conflict with others who will try to talk you out of it. All sorts of opposition may come against us as we move out in God's vision. And this is part of God's testing for the vision. Those who fulfill the vision, they've learned how to deal with obstacles, with determination, and wisdom. And last quality that's very important is they learn how to mobilize others to join the vision. You see, visionary people will share their vision with others, inspire them to join the vision. Because visionary people realize that it's not possible to accomplish God's vision by themselves. Hence, they will make every effort to communicate it in such a way that it may mobilize others. These leaders or rather leaders who fail to communicate an inspiring vision, they will have an unmotivated group of people. John Maxwell preached in a convention in Arizona which was held at the organizers' church of which he was the pastor. The organizers told him that most of the attendees were retirees Uh, that had worked hard in churches in the eastern part of the United States. Now they have come to enjoy their sunset years. He wanted John to go easy on them. You know what John preached? John preached this. Why retire when you can re-enlist? Three quarters of the retirees came up in response. The pastor wondered what happened to his saints. The saints were not the problem. The problem was the pastor who had lost the dream and settled for second best. So let me conclude by saying this. Vision provides more than just a rudder for the ship, it also provides the fuel. A leader's vision is a key ingredient in their ability to lead significantly. To be an inspirational leader, we need to become a visionary leader. God bless you. We trust you've been blessed by the word today. Do visit www.wilsonliling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.